Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better wake them up, get them up to that morning sky, and uh, grab a jacket. It's cold outside. Temperatures, uh, obviously, dramatically different than they were last week. We told you the cold front was coming, and here it is. Uh, Grab a jacket or a layer or two as you get up and out on this. The 30th of October is our five-hour Sports conversation begins right now. Whether you're finding us on 1019, could be AM 1216, of course, digitally. Make it as easy as possible with that Horn app. Download it your smartphone. Listen with the touch of a button wherever you are in the ATX, all over the great state and all over the world on uh, that Horn app. And at hornfm.com, still not on the cameras today, uh, still in the home studio from South Austin. Of course, Ty is back in there, our Horn headquarters where the renovations continue. We'll get those cameras up and running as soon as we can for you folks who like to watch it on Twitch and watch it on our YouTube channel, but we're here for you. Five hours begins right now, recapping a Longhorn victory with their quarterback on Saturday, rising in the coaches' poll, staying the same in the AP poll, and a showdown coming up Saturday in the Big 12. We will certainly talk about it. Also, NFL Cowboys come out of their bye week absolutely on fire, destroy the LA Rams yesterday. Not the case for the Texans. We'll talk week eight in the National Football League, which featured a lot of upsets. Uh, some surprises and some injuries again. Also have the uh, World Series shifting to the desert in a 1-1 series. NBA from last night in the weekend. And college hoops at the Moody Center last night with an exhibition game for Rodney Terry and his Longhorns. So we got a lot to do. Uh, five hours maybe will be enough. We don't know. We never know. we got to jam a lot in and get you caught up. Rod is here as well. Look who it is across the desk in the home studio. He's made his way uh, east from uh, where he lives uh, to join me this morning. And he's got a couple layers on as well. It's 41 degrees in Austin, Texas, Mr. Babers. He is from the uh, DB High down in the 713. Of course, start at the uh, DBU right here in the 512. Four stops in the NFL, different zip codes there. And he is uh, absolutely the football theorist, the proud papa, uh, bringing it strong every single morning, five hours a day, five days a week. Our shutdown corner, Rod Babers. What's up, RB? Uh, Appreciate the intro. Appreciate the hospitality as always. And, uh, yeah, I was actually outside Walking when the uh, basically the, the the weather changed, the season officially changed. <laughs> it blew I in. I felt it. I felt it yesterday. It was crazy. It was one of those things in Texas. I'm sure a lot of people have had that experience. But I was outside when it happened, and uh, yeah, it's officially fall. Fall. It's uh, 41 degrees the right cold now. Cold weather is here, and yeah, the cold weather and the rain. What was it about three o'clock yesterday afternoon? I guess or two thirty. Was uh, yeah, we were out one thirty. Walk- we was out walking the dogs. I remember that, and my wife would probably remember. And we we was out walking the dogs. We had baby girl with us, and it hit. And I, I was underdressed, as I remember. Because <laughs> I remember I had, like, it, it, you know, it was perfect, you know, Texas weather pretty much in the fall, as you would expect. It was warmer, and I had, I had uh, short sleeves on, and then it hit, and I was like, man. Uh, and so I, I remember that. And hopefully, you know, I mean, obviously, it's, it, we need it, and it's good. Uh, it's football weather. Uh, but hopefully uh, the rain out there doesn't make it too uh, treacherous for the folks on the roads because it is pretty wet. So please be careful on your way to work, wherever you're going. Uh, and let's give a shout-out to those who serve. We do it every morning. and want to make sure that we salute those who are up early uh, serving. Our society built on the selflessness of service. Uh, so we appreciate all those. It's an honor but also a burden. Uh, so whether in any capacity, whether it be God, country, or community, we appreciate all those 
those uh, who are doing uh, God's work out there, whether it be the soldiers, first responders, the teachers, the nurses, uh, waste management, whoever you are, we appreciate you. We can't name you all because there are so many of you, but we appreciate you and salute you. Yeah, absolutely. This uh, on our text line, we appreciate your contributions. I'm sure there'll be plenty this morning talking Longhorns, talking Big 12, talking Cowboys. You uh, uh, can hit us at 447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Hit us up with your comment. This is, uh, guys, I'm listening, finishing up my eight-mile run this morning. But that feels good out in the 41 Ooh, degrees. Good Getting a good okay. lather. Did you get your run in this morning? I did not because uh, I don't run. I run in the rain and I run in the cold, but I don't run in them both because I don't want to get sick. I got to. Baby girl at home. I that's right. That's I right. Can't take a chance of getting the cold and coming back. Did you wiping. do some some calisthenics or something? Uh, yeah, I got outside and did some some weights and stuff. But I can't go for the run because I just can't be yeah, out. You can do exposed. cold. You can do wet. You can't do cold and wet. I can't do cold and wet. And it was it was coming down like at the time when I was up. And now I can go right now. It'd be good because right now it's just you know just drizzling. Kind of misty. Yeah, but it was coming down. I was like, ah, I was like, man, it's not worth it. I get sick. Wifey will be upset. Baby gets sick. <laughs> we all. Yeah, it's like, you know what, now I'll make up for it. You know what, I might go today, actually, after the show. I'm still thinking about that. If the weather permits, I might decide to just go and hit it right after the show. It's done. Because, uh, yeah, I got to get the blood going, man. I got to get the blood going. So I appreciate that. Whoever went that eighth-mile run, good for you. Get Way to in. go. Way to go. Way to go. Get All right, let's, let's start the uh, 6 o'clock hour. They're our first of five with the headlines, top stories to get you caught up on the top news. Top Gun Reynolds and a lot of equipment bring you the top stories. And it starts with college football, of course, coming out that 35-6 win over BYU on Saturday. Longhorns are up a spot to number six in this week's USA Today coaches poll. Remain at number seven in the AP Top 25. Redshirt freshman Malik, Malik Murphy started in place of the injured Quinn Ewers. Turned the ball over a couple times early, but settled down and was solid. Finished the game with 170 passing yards through a pair of TD passes. A.D. Mitchell, Jonathan Brooks had 139 yards from scrimmage and scored a touchdown. Texas defense held BYU to a pair of field goals. They they improved to seven and one for head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Another really versatile team win. You know, I'm, I'm just continuing to be proud of these guys that that different aspects of the game show up. We felt really good about the punt return unit that we would get an opportunity, and sure enough, right off the bat, um, we get the big punt return from Xavier uh, right up the middle for an explosive play that way. Uh, and I thought offensively, you know, for Malik making his first career start, I was really proud of him. Um, you know, I, we had opportunities there for the game to, to go in a, in a little better direction, a little smoother direction. Um, and, and naturally, we just didn't finish those drives in the red area. And so and we've got to we got to continue to dig deep into that, into things that we do well. Uh, and how do we emphasize that to to score more points when we have opportunities to. All right, yeah, we'll talk about that red zone struggle, but Longhorns do win it going away. Texas, the highest-ranked Big 12 team in the uh, AP poll right now, and coaches poll following Oklahoma's loss to 22nd-ranked Kansas on Saturday. Uh, only other Big 12 team to crack the top 25 is K-State. Of course, the Longhorns will host the surging Wildcats this Saturday. That game has been announced as an 11 a.m. kickoff uh, this coming Saturday. Longhorns open as a five-point favorite. Texas and K-State are both 4-1 and one in Big 12 play, part of a five-way tie atop the Big 12 conference headed into the final month of the regular season. NFL Cowboys come out of their bye week in uh, ultra-impressive fashion. They dominate and de- demolished the L.A. Rams 43-20 to yesterday in Arlington. How about the Cowboys? They dominate in all three phases. Dak Prescott razor sharp, threw for 304 yards and four TDs, 158 of those, and two of the scores went to see the Lamb. Dallas also became the first team since 2017 to score a defensive touchdown. They had a 30-yard pick six by cornerback Deron Bland, also a block punt and 
scored a defensive safety in the same game. First team since 2017 to do that. They improved to 5-2. and two. Dallas still trails Philadelphia by a game in the NFC East. Eagles top Washington yesterday. 38-31. Philly and Dallas will meet for the first time for the first of their two regular season meetings this Sunday in Philadelphia. Also yesterday, Houston Texans came out of their bye in disappointing fashion. They lost on a late field goal at Carolina, 15-13. San Francisco lost their third game in a row after a 5-0 start. Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat them, 31-17 in San Fran. Seattle moved to the top of the NFC West. They scored a late touchdown to beat Cleveland. Minnesota won in Green Bay, but lost their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, to what appears to be an Achilles injury. He'll be fully diagnosed today. Two in the Dolphins took down New England, 31-17. And in Denver, the Broncos put an end to their eight-season, 16-game losing streak to the Chiefs. They held KC to three field goals, rolled past Patrick Mahomes and company 24-9. Chargers rolled the Bears on Sunday Night Football last night, and Detroit and Vegas will wrap up Week 8 tonight on Monday Night Football. Also tonight, World Series shifts to the desert for Game 3. Texas took Game 1 of the Fall Classic Friday night on that dramatic Gatolis Garcia walk-off home run. Arizona bounced back to win Game 2. So tonight, Game 3, Max Scherzer for the Rangers. Brandon fought for the Snakes. First pitch, 7-0-3 NBA last night. Clippers rolled the Spurs 123-83. Held Victor Wimbanyama to 11 points. Meanwhile, the winless Rockets lost again to Golden State down in Houston. College hoops at the Moody Center tonight. Texas basketball. Rodney Terry and his team playing an exhibition contest with his alma mater, St. Edwards. That will be uh, 7 o'clock tonight at Moody Center. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. It's pretty impressive that Texas is just, we can say it now, past the halfway point, just bad in red zone offense. And actually, they're probably bad in goal line, short yardage offense, too. And still can blow out BYU 35 to 6. Yeah. Gotta admit, that's impressive. The offense for Texas hasn't reached its full, like, peak, its full operating capacity yet. If it does, look out. Because that base would mean they're cashing in on those opportunities in the red zone. And that's where they struggle. But. You know, they're a flawed team, like every team in college football. Right now, Michigan may be the only team that looks like they don't have, you know, kind of a, a serious flaw, uh, maybe a tragic flaw, even if you will. And, and maybe that has yet to be exposed. Uh, maybe it already has been exposed. <laughs> maybe it's just, uh, you know, on a, a, a darker level, uh, more sinister level than everybody else. But either way with Texas, I do. I think it's impressive with a backup quarterback. And with issues in the red zone, too, and growing pains with a, a backup quarterback in there. I think we'll talk about Malik, obviously, um, and his performance. I think it's, it's pretty impressive in, in retrospect looking at a 35-6 to six win. To be able to blow out BYU. Yeah, and you heard Sark say that in the headlines, Rod. I mean, the versatility, right? They score on special teams with the X-Man punt return, which was dynamic. Yeah. Um, you know, they, their defense played much better. This was a, an offense that you felt like they could get their hands around. And, uh, you know, PK, Pete Kwiatkowski, the Longhorn DC, when he, when, you fa- when he faces a quarterback that, that is immobile and doesn't bring a run threat, it typically mm. they do a good job. And yeah, they did again. Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy continue to play at, at elite levels up front. And uh, but look, they'll get a huge test this week. This is, and we can already start on, on this Monday morning. Start calling this weekend showdown weekend or showdown Saturday and Sunday because the uh, Longhorns play the Wildcats in one of the games of the year in the Big Twelve. I mentioned it's a five-way tie, Rod. It's unbelievable. Uh, atop the Big Twelve. Yep. And four of the teams will play this weekend. Texas will play K-State, both teams 4-1. and one. Oklahoma will play Oklahoma State in Stillwater in the final bedlam maybe ever in a, in a bedlam game, to say the least, and then Iowa State 
Matt Campbell doing a heck of a job of uh, bringing that team up. How about the jobs that Mike Gundy and Matt Campbell have done? Uh, those two teams looks, looked awful I've in, always said in the Mike, month of September. We, we know Mike Gundy's a hell of a coach. And I've said that Mike Campbell is a hell of a coach, too. It's just weird. He's one of those coaches, kind of like Tom Herman, where he usually does more with less. And you know what I mean? He you didn't know, maximize his him, best team. And then when you give him, yeah, you give him more. It's weird, man. He usually, as I said, it's strange. He had his best team with Purdy and Brees uh, Hall and Kolar and everybody expecting them to crack into the college football playoff conversation. And they underachieved. Um, he's better as the underdog. Feels he's, like it. He's better with, you know, kind of the island of misfit toys. And it's just weird uh, well, to see him. But I still think he's a hell of a coach. I do, too. I do, too. Uh, and remember, when we, in the month of September, where we kind of met playing with Mike Gundy, they lost to uh, South Alabama, got blown out on their own field by South Alabama. And Mike Gundy was like, no, I watched the film. We're good. Yep. We're good. I can get this coach done. And was playing three quarterbacks. Yeah. Remember, he, he was rotating three quarterbacks. Like he was having tryouts or something. <laughs> it's pretty much he did. For the, for like the non-conference, he was like, you know what? I'll just use it to figure out who the hell the quarterback is. You know, that guy operates today. He's the one that goes to find his own coordinators world. from like the, the Division Internet. three level and stuff like that. He goes to the dark web looking for OCs and stuff. No, he is. He's, he, he's unorthodox. He's exactly. But I think he's a hell of a coach. We've talked about that. And I'll say this about the Big 12. Man, the margin for error now in the Big 12. It's shrinking. Exactly. Well, Oklahoma takes the loss, of course, uh, at Kansas. And we'll talk about that game. Uh, uh, Sooners, you know, playing with fire. They had to survive Central Florida. Of course, the Longhorn game went to the final uh, seconds, and they won that game at the end. This one, they they had a chance, but were unable to win it in the end. And um, their undefeated run comes to an end so yeah four five teams at four and one four will play this weekend so obviously a huge game for texas and a huge test because speaking of teams that are getting better k-state would certainly fall under that umbrella as well as they're now sitting at six and two uh they were off to a, a you know three one start actually three and two start they've now won three in a row so lots to talk about we'll recap the red zone issues for texas malik murphy's debut uh your thoughts on the longhorn game and we'll get to the cowboys because boy they were uh unbelievably impressive yesterday Dak prescott was really 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 sharp hey, against what, uh, the Rams because they gave the ball to Ceedee Lamb. Ceedee Lamb did. was right. Said it last week. I said, man, they got to start getting the ball to Ceedee Lamb. The, all the Force analytics, it. all the analytics say that this guy it can be elite if you just give him the football more. They gave him the football more. Yep. Yeah, and go. but he was sharp <laughs> with his accuracy, man. And he, I thought they put CD in good, some good spots. He came out of the slot quite a bit, and they got him into the seam. And boy, some of the throws he made uh, yesterday were, you know, some of the best throws you've seen Dak Prescott make. Looked really healthy coming out of the bye week, and Cowboys just looked outstanding. That's a, that's their third or fourth just blowout win of the season, where they just overwhelm a team. Yep. Now those teams are not very good. <laughs> They're all, uh, you know, under yeah. 500 football teams. But you, you 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 line them up and you play them, and that's what the Cowboys do. But well, the Longhorns are playing. K-State this weekend in a showdown game. The Cowboys will play the Eagles in a showdown game yeah, in Philadelphia on big. Sunday afternoon. That's big. And uh, can't wait to see that ball game, too. All right, Rod, before we get back into some Longhorn talk, I want your uh, real thoughts on what you saw in the Longhorn game. Malik Murphy, first tell them about the uh, the Iron Workers out there doing great stuff. Uh, no doubt about it. They've been around uh, helping Austin and helping build this great community since 1935. That's a really, really long time. Uh, we know Austin's a beautiful city. Uh, thanks in no small part to the skilled craftsmanship of our good 
good friends at Ironworkers Local Union 482. Uh, they don't go to the office. They're the ones who build the office. And you can see the labors of their love all over this great city, uh, DKR Stadium, the Pennybacker Bridge. And right now they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas. Uh, you can become a valued member of Ironworkers Local 482. Uh, you can accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself while helping shape Austin's economic development. Like I said, they're hiring over 3,000 people. So if you're looking for work, you're looking for a new opportunity, maybe you're frustrated with your work choices, maybe uh, you want a new opportunity, maybe you want a new challenge, uh, you can become a member of Ironworkers Local 482 and take pride in the type of teamwork and craftsmanship that helps shape the future of our great city. So uh, reach out today. All you got to do is find out more information about these uh, competitive uh, benefits and also a competitive salary as well. Uh, you can go online at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. All right, Longhorns uh, get the victory 35-6, to six, and I think you were right on, Rod. I'm impressive that they can come, you know, go into the red zone five times, come out with two scores, you know, three, you know, stops, yet still dominate. And, uh, you know, it was another – this continues to be the theme of this team. We now know after eight games – you know, there's enough body of work to know what they are. Uh, they're they're really good up front. Their front seven is is elite. Um, they're you know they're explosive and can can erupt on you for for big you know big plays yep. in all phases. Uh, they're a really good fourth quarter team. Uh, you know, one of the things we talked about all offseason, Rod, can they win the fourth quarter? Again, they outscored BYU 14 to nothing to pull away and cover the number. If you uh, were playing that that way, uh, and. They're still they're not good in the red zone, Rod, and they're not a four-quarter team yet. That's uh, kind of the things we know about them after eight games. They're not good in the red zone. They're not good in goal line offense, and they're they're they don't put four full quarters together. I know you could probably say that about most teams across the country, but uh, that's where the Longhorns are. But you'll certainly take a you know twenty-nine point win on your home field, getting you set up for a, a, the month of November. Yeah, and you know with Malik and his first start, I thought you know I'd give him mm, a B. B, maybe a B, B minus, somewhere around there. I mean, for his first start, the guy had eight career pass attempts prior to, um, you know, that start. And we all knew there would be growing pains, and we saw it. Uh, give BYU some credit. It's a team that was very opportunistic, came into that game, uh, one of the leaders in the country in turnover margin, uh, I think number three in the country in turnover margin prior to that game. And they, they got takeaways. Uh, Texas. You, know, maybe you may have caught one a giveaway with the Malik Murphy fumble, uh, but I thought that was uh, Coach Sark not putting his quarterback in the best position. I thought he put him in a really weird position to have him go under center there when Texas usually under center. They're doing something really creative or innovative, a flea flicker type play, an exotic play of some kind, or they're going quarterback sneak, which they're really, really bad at anything short yardage. So I just think it was kind of a giveaway, and you can tell you know, BYU decided, no, well, you know what, we're going all in. We're just going to rush it. Jailhouse. We, exactly. Uh, we're just going to create chaos, and they did, especially with a young quarterback. So I thought uh, that was you know, a lot of that was 50-50 on that was on Malik too, but the interception that was on Malik. He just panicked, um, and that's a young quarterback, right? That happens. But he did settle down. I like the way he settled down, end up making some plays. I think you'll you'll see dramatic improvement from start one to start two. Um, but he'll be facing. You know, a better opponent, a much better opponent in K-State. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> so. talk about K-State as the week goes. I mean, they've been, you know, if you look at their numbers, they've been almost unsustainable on third downs on both offense and defense. But uh, as for Texas, Malik Murphy, the, you, the play they were running on the fumble, 
they ran at Oak State last year. It was yeah. a little swing pass out to, it was a play action, then swing it out to Xavier with a blocker in front to get it to the X Man. The fake reverse. Yeah, yeah. and the and X Man is coming and then goes back the other way and jet sweep motion and you know they they, they ran it to for a touchdown last year in Stillwater. This one was the attempt, and of course, as you said, BYU jailhouse blitzed it. And you know, we, one of the things we talk about quarterbacks. You know, this that when he gets when he got hit and got tackled and got stripped, that's the first time that guy's been hit in a football game since he was in high school. You know, you well, don't you don't yeah. get hit in practice. I mean, they don't hit the guys in practice. So this is his first live action in a game since he's playing high school football. Uh, you know, you play scrimmages, you play you know yeah. simulated games in college, but they still don't hit the quarterbacks in those games. And he's told not to hit anybody, and I know there was a there, on the interception he threw. It, it he does. I, I don't know why he didn't tackle the guy, and I think he's pro- the only reason I think he didn't tackle him on that play because it looked like he could have tackled him is that he was, he's probably been told by Sark to stay healthy and stay you know what I mean stay, stay away from out contact, the ground please right just stay away from contact dude we can't have you go down and then we only got one quarterback available so that's what I think happened like, I don't know but my theory is that why he didn't go yeah, he didn't give that more, well, didn't look like max effort to get a tackle yes, on I, the I think he was told hey man I need you to stay away from contact and we need you to be healthy. That's your number one job is availability right now, your number one ability. So that's my theory on it. I know some people are like, man, why didn't he tackle the guy on the interception? And to, to um, East Point, man, it's been so long since he actually <laughs> did the programming in his head. He probably was like uh, going to tackle him. And he hadn't done it in like three, like three years or something like that. It's just been a really yeah, long time. Yeah, two and a half years him. since he's been on so the field. I do think he's just got to get used to how to get hit, getting hit, how comfortable it is. I mean, he's a big dude too. Um, so he shouldn't really have a problem with it. I mean, but that's what that's my theory on it. I know people want to talk about it. I, I think that's what it is. He's a young player, too. Young player. Well, look, and people want to create a quarterback controversy where there isn't one. Let's be fair about that, too. No. Uh, right now, we know Quinn Ewers is the starter as soon as he gets healthy. We know Malik is the backup, and Arch Manning is uh, is there if they need him, but they'd rather not at this point. Exactly. Uh, I would also say to the um, – to the interception, Sark did say after the game that there was supposed to be a checkdown receiver there, and he said somebody he didn't say who, but someone runner you know wasn't where they were supposed to be. He did panic. He threw the ball. You can't throw. You can't throw. Yeah. You know, when there's you know three white jerseys out there and just one of yours, and uh, that's well, just the front was because remember they basically kind of went with that. It was a version of that ghost front. I think they have six guys lined up at the line of scrimmage, six or seven guys lined up line of scrimmage, and they end up. Uh, blitzing and then they drop that defender he just dropped back in coverage and as an underneath defender so I think he might have panicked because he knew all the indicators were they're coming they're coming all right they're coming I, I know the ball's got to come out quick come out hot yeah got to come that's all he knew that's all he was thinking all right I, it got to come out quick I'm responsible for the extra defender uh that's going to be free I got to get this ball out and I just think that was the only thing in his head. And then, obviously, if there's a miscommunication on offense and a guy's not there where he's supposed to be, uh, that hurts too. But it was, yeah, that was just a bad throw. <laughs> bad throw. And, yeah, and bad quarterbacks throw. make bad throws. We saw Especially Quinn. We think ones. about Quinn last year. He made yeah. some throws. You're just like, what? What the heck is he doing? Exactly. And that's a young quarterback. The processing speeds up. You, yeah. you're, you're getting back acclimated. Because, again, you, you know, practice is practice, but you can only simulate so much. They don't hit the quarterbacks. Yeah, for QBs. Uh, they try to protect them. And then when you get on the field, it's football now. They're not gonna, you're not wearing a green jersey <laughs> Live there. reps. Live reps. Yeah, and I, and I think for, you know, we young, young players, period, not just quarterbacks, when they make their starts, coaches talk about this all the time uh, with the coaches I talk to. It, you want to see them develop a baseline of consistency. They don't have that. They're young. So they have they're, – they're like teenagers, right? They wow you one moment, and then you, 
WTF you the next moment. You're like, what the? How can you be that same kid that, you know what I mean, that did that remarkable thing and did something so stupid at the same time? That's what young players do. <laughs> and then at one point with the experience, they make better decisions more oftentimes than not. And then they, you know, you see a decrease in bad decisions and bad plays. And you get, you get a consistent baseline of performance. And we don't know when that it clicks for every player a little bit differently. We don't know when that's going to click for Malik. We don't even know if he'll get enough starts for that to click. But that's ex- that, that, to me, is what you saw on Saturday. You saw the wild plays. You went, oh, that's nice. And then you saw the WTF plays. Like, what the? Yeah, that's, I, but I thought the touchdown pass to A.D. Mitchell was a, was a, a wild, wild play, play yeah. right? That was like, wow. <laughs> exactly. That's oh, a nice read. Okay. That's a nice uh, yeah. you know, read of the safety and yeah. then a good throw down the, down the uh, hash marks. Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, drop it in the bucket to yeah. A.D. Mitchell for a touchdown. Yeah, he made some of those, and that's going to be the case. And obviously now here comes K-State uh, with Chris Kleiman, the defending yeah. Big 12 champs, and uh, they're getting Ooh. better. This is a heck of a matchup. Uh, we kind of thought this would be the biggest and the best home game of the year for the Longhorns, and it certainly will be. Of course, the biggest game of the year was at Alabama. Alabama, who mm-hmm. continues to win. Oklahoma was good, but this is your best home game. That's the best. That was uh, your biggest. One. You had neutral side, your biggest neutral side game, pretty much. You had a big away game, big neutral side game. This is your big home game. Yeah, and we'll <laughs> certainly talk more about it. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain, more on the Big 12, the five-way tie atop the conference as we hit the final Ooh. month. The Cowboys' dominant performance yesterday. There's developing news in the Jim Harbaugh situation. Speaking of Michigan, Rod, which will get you coming back. Also, some what the facts before the end of our first hour of our five-hour sports conversation on this Monday. It's Austin's only local morning sports conversation, five days a week, five hours a day on 101.9 AM 1260, streaming live on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. You never take advice. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 101.9 AM 1260, the Horn. Monday on the Horn, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Longhorn victory. Plenty of all three. There's uh, work to be done, but a team that uh, through eight games, two months of the season, sitting at seven and one. That uh, heartbreaking loss to Oklahoma, the only blemish. But right now, uh, can they make it a November to remember? Will become the conversation for the Longhorns. Four to go, and uh, all the goals still in front of them. At number six in the country now, in the coaches' poll, number seven in the AP, highest ranked one loss team still. Uh, with the Longhorns looking to. Uh, you know, build on what they've done in the first two months here in the third month, and it starts with a showdown game with K-State. So we have all week to talk about that. But then, of course, on a Monday, we'll recap what we saw on Saturday in a 35-6 to domination of BYU with Malik Murphy in a backup quarterback. Uh, also, we'll get back into this Cowboys. I mean, gosh, week eight in the NFL was full of uh, surprises, some upsets, and uh, some injuries that we'll talk about. It looks like Kirk Cousins is going to miss the rest of the year. Remember, our trade deadline is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Trade deadline is tomorrow afternoon, final day to add a player to your roster safe to say there should be some activity uh, but man feel bad for the Minnesota Vikings they won their fourth in a row Remember, they started 0-4 Rod now they've won four in a row and now their quarterback is going to be out who's been playing really high level football for the Vikes so that was probably the biggest injury note of the weekend uh, so we'll get into the NFL but obviously Mondays on this show typically college football Longhorn conversation and uh, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain in a moment quick note Rod tonight Moody Center if you want to go see the Longhorn basketball team and an exhibition game, it's free. Get out see some hoops nice. at the mood. Uh, Rodney Terry facing his alma mater, Coach Andre Cook, and the St. Edwards Hilltoppers coming to town. Of course, Rodney played at the uh, on the hilltop there in the late 80s. Uh, and in 1990, was a uh, all-conference point guard and uh, now playing his, his alma mater, giving them some shine a little bit. So you can like see that. them tonight. I believe it will be on LHN, or you can just go on out and check that out. So if you want to see it, it is free. 
Get all the details at Texas Free Sports. Free 99. Free 99. Pretty good. Uh, all right, Rod. So, uh, we'll, let's actually, let's just go behind the burn orange curtain because there's so much to talk about with Texas. 35-6 final. Everything I just said about uh, where they are and where they're going. Let's get behind the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Rock, quick note, Oregon did jump Texas, so Oregon is now the highest-ranked one-loss team. Uh, I'm not surprised by that. They demolished Utah. Yeah, and Utah, as we know, have been playing really well, especially with a backup quarterback. Uh, so I'm not surprised by that. Texas has to take care of business. They, they no longer need, really even need to worry about even though the college football playoff rankings, I believe, come out. First one's Tuesday. Yeah, um, but Texas really doesn't have to worry about that right now. They're at the point now where they're ranked high enough they just got to take care of business. If they take care of business in the Big 12, the Big 12 is a weird league, though. It, honestly, it's a little str- it's stranger than all the other Power 5 leagues right now just because the teams have have morphed so much within the last, like, two, like, month, like six weeks. Like, it's just like every team, every team, even Texas now. With their back, and mostly it's, it's built, it's mostly associated with the quarterback and the backup quarterbacks, but... Man, look at K-State, how different they are now adding Avery Johnson to the mix. And TCU is different. Iowa State, we thought Iowa State was going to be, you know, going off a cliff this year considering the scandal. scandal. And then they lost like like three, four starters, and including a quarterback. And now Iowa State looks like a different team. And you talked about it. You got, you know, what, five one-loss teams now uh, in the Big 12. And they're going to be playing each other now, including Oklahoma. So it's just uh, the, the Big 12 is, is right now so unpredictable just because I think all these teams are so different from where they started the season. And a lot of them, including K-State, are getting better week to week. Like you're seeing improvement week to week. That's scary because Texas is getting better, I think, too. Um, but, you know, we, we have such a hyper-focus on Texas. And I think it's hard for us to see if this team also is getting better um, week to week. And I think the biggest example of that is how Sark was talking about they do just find ways to win. They don't win the same way every time. It doesn't have to look the same. That's growth for this team. Yeah, well, it was a 14-point first quarter, a 14-point fourth quarter, and then eh, in the middle, right? I mean, third and fourth quarter, uh, second and third quarter, there were some criticizable things. And I, you know, I, I, I'll ask you this question, Rod: Is it you know when you're going into this game with with K State, which you know what they are? They're a hard-nosed team, probably the most physical team Texas will play yep. uh, the rest of this year, certainly before the postseason. Um, you know, you, you, you're one that always says this and t- teaches me this. You know, at this point of the year, you are what you are. You're not good in the red zone. You're not good in short yardage. Take the points, Rod. Kick field goals. Okay. Kick that's, some field goals. That's a good point. I think Sark's still to the point. And I, I get it. I understand his frustration. He's trying to prove the point. He's trying to, you know, show that they're better. The Savion Red package, the Red Cat was primary. Well, that's becoming predictable, too. At some point, just take your three points and get off the field. Just take your three. They, they add up, you know, three and then six and then nine instead of wasted possessions. I also understand the theory that, you know, you're backing the team up under their own goal line and you, your defense is good. I just think in this K-State game, every opportunity you get to kick three points, kick them. Uh, if Texas loses the K-State game like the – Oklahoma game, it's going to come down to red zone offense. Yeah. I think it's pretty it, – it, it may come down to two things. Red zone offense, two-minute drill defense. Yeah. I think, and that's what lost, pretty much lost Texas the Oklahoma game. I think if they lose the K-State game, I think I can say right now as a football theorist, I believe it will come down to red zone offense or lack thereof and two-minute defense. And those have been two of the 
the two of the flaws. They didn't have they didn't, this team didn't have a lot of flaws. They're a really good team, um, but those are two of the flaws that I think yeah. could end up costing them this game because you know it's, it's a margin for error shrinks against a good team. And K State's a good team. They are a good team, uh, and you're gonna have to beat them. They're not gonna beat themselves. They're great on third down on offense and defense. They they stay on the field offensively, Rod. And they don't they, they get you off the field on defense. And they've shifted too. They run the ball a lot more than they used to. They, they do early on in the season, I should say. Well, and the, and the other again, we got all week to preview that matchup, but their interior. With the All-American um, guy in the middle there, Cooper uh, BB. This is probably the best interior line Texas will see against their strength, which is the interior D-line. Yeah. It's a great matchup for Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and for the Big 12 for those guys to be going at it. But uh, this game, the Longhorn defense forces three turnovers. They held the Cougars without a touchdown. This did feel like a BYU offense that the Longhorns should be able to get their hands around. Uh, they're not dynamic. They have taller receivers, yeah. but uh, not speed receivers. And Keaton Slovis is Keaton Slovis. He's just a... You know, but again, Texas, you know, takes the running game away from a team again, makes them one-dimensional, and then gets them off the field. Three turnovers forced. Two of those came in the fourth quarter, and uh, you know, I still don't. I still watch these games, Rob. We do the on Texas football watch along on on Inside Texas and the uh, the YouTube channel. I, I mean, do they call holding calls on Byron Murphy? I mean, the guy gets horse collared more than any. I mean, then he gets under people and he gets up, and the the, the lineman's got his arm around his neck. And they won't call a holding call on Byron Murphy. I'm just throwing the call out for my guy. I need my guy to get some holding calls here. I I, I think we agree at the end, at the beginning of the season, Texas wasn't going to get a lot of calls. I feel they, bad for the guy though, only, man. They only got two holding calls all of last season uh, <laughs> on opponents. They're not going to get many this season. Um, and I bet and Oklahoma's in the same boat, by the way. I think last year Oklahoma got like three uh, opposing holding calls on opponents and. So I think they're probably in the same boat. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy at all. I have no idea what's going on. I'm not tracking all of the – that was the only one that I tracked. Um, but, yeah, it is it's, – it's a little frustrating. But to me, based on the data from last season – the coaches and players had to know that. Yeah. I mean, you they track that stuff just like I do. They had to be knowing, hey, guys, you're not going to get the holding calls. So, you know, maybe you – I think somebody said uh, – I believe it was – I think maybe it was Alex Okafor run more twists and stunts. Yeah. That makes it obvious when they hold because they'll have to, like, pull that jersey. It'll put them out of position. A lot more blitzing. Uh, that really uh, a lot of times makes holding a lot more obvious because usually it gets offensive linemen out of position and they're reaching and they're grabbing. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't see it. I see it. I'm just saying it. It happened last season too, <laughs> uh, and there was no reason to think you were going to get those calls this year. I will say this though. I think PK blitzed more in this game, at he least did. on third downs on money downs. We saw him, I think, blitzing more. Love the package, which I think is a preview for what they're going to use versus K State. The package of. Basically, they use Mo Blackwell, Jalen Ford out there, and Anthony Hill, that linebacker, Tavondre Sweat, uh, Baron Sorrell, and Byron Murphy are your D linemen. And then, of course, you got the secondary. But that front is an interesting front to Fast. use. Yeah, and they blitzed out of it a lot, too. And I think that may be something you see a lot versus K-State. I think you've got two hybrids who you can use, one to one to flush the quarterback off the edge, one to spy the quarterback, whether that's a Mo Blackwell or that's an Anthony Hill. You never really know. And honestly, I think that's the whole point. <laughs> we don't want Avery Johnson or Will Howard to know either. And you got Dylan Ford. I think that's something you may see a lot of in that game versus K-State, um, just situationally, maybe in predictable passing situations against them, just so they can have an answer for the dual threat quarterback, the scrambling element, and the, the design quarterback run game for K-State. But um, getting 
you back to BYU. Um, you're right on the money. This is a bad matchup for BYU. It really was. You can tell. There's nothing that worked for them consistently offensively throughout the game. There are sporadic plays they made. Uh, deep ball here and a, a conversion on third down there. You know, they had that long drive, like a 10-minute drive, where they converted like three money downs. Uh, but other than that, they didn't have anything that consistently worked. And they tried, you know, drag routes, crossing routes. You know, they tried targets to bunch of They tried a lot of things that really has hurt Texas, um, you know, the last two games versus U of H and Oklahoma. They just don't have they didn't have the athletes to execute it at a high level um so i i think it's it give texas defense credit they really suffocated byu um but i do think they'll have a much tougher test against k-state because k-state can replicate some of the same problems that uh dylan gabriel and donovan smith um were able to present to texas that's the big issue uh, all right, and we have some Sark sound. We'll hear from Sark from the post game uh, talking about this win, the victory. Malik Murphy's uh, it was pretty cool. Sark, I mean, it's a long cut, but Sark was asked about Malik Murphy not transferring, and he went in. We'll play it later in the show, but he went on for two minutes, uh, gushing about something you talked about last week, Rod, a lot about the our, our, that Malik Murphy wants to be here. Malik Murphy could have transferred yeah. when Quinn Ewers rolled in from Ohio State. He could have transferred out because remember he had just committed, and yeah, he could have changed his commitment before coming here. Nobody would have blamed him. Nobody. And then, of course, Arch Manning. And then, of course, uh, you know, now he's, he's – but, he, you know, we'll hear Sark. It's, it's pretty, pretty good stuff about something you talk about all the time. Do you want to play for the Longhorns or do you want to be a Longhorn? You know what yep. I'm saying? Do you exactly. want to be here? Yep. Uh, and he showed that. And Malik Murphy. Uh, can I play the one, though, uh, in, in behind the burn orange curtain rod about uh, – the Ty has sent us about Murphy responding – to the turnovers, right? The two early turnovers. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it was 14 nothing when the fumble happens. Looked like they were going to go up 21 nothing, And then, you know, so you get rattled. The, uh, he had also thrown the early interception. Mm-hmm. And you had to feel like on the BYU sidelines, okay, that we have something here. Yeah. We got a young quarterback on the ropes a little bit. Exactly right. He settled in, made some throws, and you said just like a teenager, do some things that wow you and then do some things that frustrate the hell out of you. <laughs> but here is Sark, his, his head coach, uh, proud of Malik Murphy for sticking through the early mistakes and playing a good football game. I thought he bounced back great. You know, again, they were a little unorthodox. Both both turnovers were, quite frankly, unfortunate for him. Uh, the first one, um, we had a, a bit of a miscommunication, and we didn't get even a route from the receiver on the front side. And so now he gets a little bit of pressure, and that, that's some of the growing pains as a quarterback is sometimes you got to eat the ball and take the sack and, and not just kind of try to throw it, um, especially when you're getting hit. The second one, we're in a max protection, and I think our running back and guard kind of run into each other, and we don't block the defensive end. And again, probably had a pretty good chance at a touchdown pass. And so that's some of the growing pains is sometimes you got to eat it. Now, we got to execute better around him, but the way that he responded from both of those two turnovers, um, I thought were great. You know, Malik's got really good composure about him. Um, and I think a little bit was the guys wanted to play so well around him that sometimes you can try a little too hard you're trying to make up for other stuff and we just need guys to do their jobs and do their jobs really well and so um but i was proud of malik in the way that he responded yeah i like that uh and i I agree with him about the guys maybe trying too hard because that's that's rallying behind your guy everybody wants to take their game to another level even though they they've been (laughs) you know obviously focusing and doing their best and um, committed to executing at the highest possible level even when you know Quinn's out there every week um, there is this uh, burden you feel as a teammate all right I got to be better 
I got to be better so to make up for the inevitable growing pains you know your young quarterback's going to have, which we all knew were going to happen. And I think they did that because that, that play on special teams, the punt return for a touchdown, that is the embodiment of, hey, man, everybody giving max effort, max execution at a high level, and nobody even touched Xavier Worthy on that play. I mean, he was untouched. It's yeah, a beautiful that, play. Yeah, uh, until, <laughs> until he touched his head on the goalpost. Pretty and, much, yeah. And he almost got uh, the cannon scared him. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cannon scares me, too. I'm not going to lie. Every time every time, game. every time it, I'm at the game, I know it's coming, too. <laughs> I watch the clock run down. I'm like, it's going to Oh, man. That still gets me. Uh, this guy says, K-State hasn't played the schedule Texas has. Hard nose. Uh, we'll see, yes, but they're not more physical than Alabama. That's true. I mean, I didn't say they were more physical than Alabama. Nope. I said they are the most physical team left on the schedule. Yep. I and the interior that. of their O-line will, will challenge Texas a little bit. But, no, it's a good matchup for Texas. That's why they started a five-point favorite. And, you know, probably about right. Uh, should be a heck of a game. And as Rod said, red zone offense. Uh, execution in the two-minute drill. Uh, this will this will be a tough game, but uh, Longhorns have every capability of winning it. But we'll continue to talk about the BYU game with you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Coming back, what the facts? What the Some facts? big facts from, from a great weekend. Uh, World Series, how about Friday night? Uh, of course, the, the Diamondbacks got the bounce-back game on Saturday. We got ourselves a series, 1-1 headed to the desert. We've got great stuff in the NFL with the Cowboys playing maybe their most complete game of the year out of their bye week. All things we're talking about in addition to the Longhorns here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Time for What the Facts on a Monday. Fact is, it's damn cold out <laughs> if you're uh, headed out. That is a fact. It Ooh. is. Uh, chilly, it feels like fall. feels like fall, and I believe this is the weekend upcoming, Rod, where we fall back. Uh, okay. Set our clock that makes back, sense. just so you know. That makes sense. Uh, plan ahead. We also give you these What the Facts. Facts from the weekend. Including uh, Longhorns, eight and two in their last ten matchups with K State. Rod used to be the Purple Kryptonite. Last ten matchups, no matter the coach, eight and two for the Longhorns. Steve Sarkeesian two and zero against Kansas State uh, since he's gotten to Austin. So uh, we'll certainly start to turn our attention to that. We also said it's a fact. It's a five-way tie atop the Big 12 Conference right now. All teams at four and one: Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, K State, and Iowa State. Uh, purple kryptonite switched to TCU though. That's all right. That's right. When I, uh, I I coined the term purple kryptonite literally when I uh, started doing radio on in tech it, in Austin because K State was dominating Texas. I think that's a cultural thing. It's kind of a Mac Brown, Bill Snyder thing for so yes, long. Yes, it's a cultural thing, right? They are blue collar, out of the misfit toys. Texas football was you know it was, it was a sense of entitlement and you know the uh, you know Texas having so much uh, so many resources and being an affluent program that kind of stuff it just it was a it's a it's a cultural fit it always i think worked against texas but when tom herman took over say which one about tom herman i know y'all don't really you know like tom herman mints and meathead that kind of thing but his teams were tough they were tough they were tough hard-nosed teams matter of fact some of y'all didn't like the fact that tom herman was kind of always about not being tough y'all wanted speed and skill um and that's why bam bam sam worked well in 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 his offense and that actually combated the culture of k-state better than mac brown's culture even though it wasn't more successful it combated the k-state culture pretty good because all about toughness and physicality 
Well, maybe, Tom maybe, Herman was about that. Maybe Sark's a and good Sark's combination about that too. of the yeah. both. Yeah. Sark likes physicality. You want, sometimes, I mean, look at the jumbo package. Sark wants to play bully ball. So I think it's about a cultural thing. That's why they've been matching up well with K-State. Anyway, uh, what the facts? Got a fact here for you. Give How about him. this for uh, Cowboys fans? You'll appreciate this. The last time Dak Prescott threw an incompletion to Jake Ferguson was the fourth quarter of the Cardinals game. Since that, he is 15-15. Uh, 167 yards and a touchdown targeting Jake Ferguson. Caught a touchdown pass yesterday. That was one of the better throws. That was too. a beautiful throw. Really good throw. High-level oh, throw by Dak man. Prescott. He was sharp yesterday. I mean, for all the criticism he takes, and we talk about, you know, where he is. I mean, you've got, you got to be better against the Niners and those kind of things. He was outstanding. I don't know if we saw a better quarterback performance than, than he had yesterday. Uh, and it sets up a huge showdown with the Eagles this weekend because the Eagles are sitting at 7-1. and one, Excuse me, 6-1, and one, sitting atop the division. Cowboys chasing them at 5-2. Um, Hurst got an injury he's dealing with, too. Yeah. So two huge matchups this weekend in college and pro football. Uh, what the facts, Rod? You ready for this? Here we go. Christian McCaffrey has now scored a touchdown in 17 consecutive games. He had two yesterday. That's pretty dumb. But the uh, Niners have lost, lost three in a row. Three straight. Watched a lot of that game. I'll send you the picture of me watching football yesterday. Right? I had games going. Come on, point. man. I had we talked my, about this. I know. But it, it's, it's like perfect. It was hot. It was cold outside. I had <laughs> cracked the window open a little bit. I had my four games going on the YouTube tube ticket and then i had my laptop oh, up man. i had my ipad going i was keeping up with all of it but then uh, but christian mccaffrey 17 t- straight games that matches lenny moore in 1963-64 for the longest consecutive touchdown streak in nfl history but his team you know the, the key to that was joe burrow's healthy rod yeah. cincinnati came out of their bye week looks good and much like Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow looked great. And he's moving again. He can get out of the pocket. It doesn't have to be all in shotgun. They can get under center. And they can run their full offense. And all of a sudden, this Bengals team is pretty damn good. And the uh, Niners, of course, started 5-0. and They're now 5-3. and And the Broncos in the late window, Rod, defeated the Chiefs 24-9. to No touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. That was 16 in a row. Yeah, that's wild. They hadn't beaten the uh, – the Broncos hadn't beaten the Chiefs since 2015. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Come no, on. The, I mean, you know the Kansas City Chiefs have dominated that division. Even with Alex Smith, they were dominating that division. I mean, the Broncos are like the Browns. This is the, this is the dang Denver Broncos that won a bunch of Super Bowls. How many the Broncos? Have? Eight years. They're, they're at least starting to be competitive now. Ever since that blowout loss to the Miami Dolphins, at least they've been competitive. Yeah, Sean Payton, they didn't quit on Sean, be, right? Yeah. He's, running the, he's actually taking the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands a little bit. Yeah, Javante Williams was back, the running back, yeah. and that was big for them. They had a strong running game yesterday, Run power running game. Yeah. And uh, they kept the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, who reportedly had a bad of illness or the flu before the game started, and he didn't, he like he didn't play great. He looked like it. But he threw another touchdown pass right in his guy's hands that he dropped, and his and Michael Hardeman muffed a punt that was big for them at the five-yard line. Can I give you uh, some more facts real give quick me the before fact. we get out of here? Uh, Cowboys, man, Deron Bland. I told you Stunt. last week I said he was at the lowest Baller. pass rating allowed. Balling again. Has three pick sixes in the same season this year. The NFL record he, Dion? for a single season is four. Remember Eric Allen? Oh, love me some Eric Allen. For the Eagles back in the day, 93. Uh, Jim Kearney in 1972. Ken Houston in 1971. All tied for four. Deron Bland has three. First player in Cowboys history with three pick sixes. It's crazy. Three. Three of them. Pick sixes. Three of them babies. Oh, can I give you a real fact about Arthur Smith, though? You know, he, you know he took B. John Robinson out of the game in the red zone to put Jonus, Jonus Smith in the backfield and then threw a pass with him? Yeah, that's Bijan Rod. Arthur Smith, coach of the Falcons. They lost to the Tennessee Titans, well, and I want. Why even, would you do that? I'm not even going to talk about the uniforms that the Titans were wearing <laughs> yesterday. They're not, oh, they're not getting me on that. I'm not talking offensive. about it, Rod. That's offensive. It really was. That was offensive. You're yeah. not getting me. <laughs> You're not getting me there. Not doing it.
Derrick Henry. <laughs> but by the way, Will Levis looked like the Ooh. real deal through four touchdowns yesterday. Yeah. you got to ask Matt Brable, well, that guy's been sitting on the bench. Uh, all right, we'll come back. A lot to do. Good, bad, and ugly Monday on Hook Him Up with Ian Rod B.